0: Folake Yeku grew up in Nigeria and was constantly daydreaming about being involved in the arts. She would take public transportation to the local radio stations and work for free, just to be around anything involving music or entertainment. She later moved to the United States and began making her artistic daydreaming a reality. On this episode of The Carlos Watson Show podcast, Folake recalls her life in Nigeria and transitioning to the United States, her large family dynamic, and her television show, Bob Hart's Abishola.
2: Balake? Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so sorry to hold you, but it's so nice to meet you.
3: You too. How's your day going?
2: You know, it's good. It's. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling these days, but it's, um, it's, it's interesting. On one hand, I love warm weather. I grew up in Miami. I live in California now, and so I'm happy that the weather's here and there's more vaccination and all the rest. But it feels, I don't know, there still feels a little bit of turbulence about the world restarting again how are you how are you finding these days are you in la or, or where where are you where are you living
3: i am in i'm in la for now i'm gonna be heading home in a couple of weeks i'm excited about that it's gonna be even hotter and
2: humid <laughs> which how I hot love. Does it, now are you when you say home you mean nigeria or where do you mean
3: yeah nigeria
2: and how hot now because again i have miami as a baseline, how hot does it get in Nigeria?
3: I think it's about, it's about, I think it's similar to Miami at its hottest, um, but all year round. We also have, we have different seasons. We have Hamatan and we have our rainy season and it kind of cools down around that time.
2: But it's mostly hot and humid. And are you a big city girl? Are you a country girl? Where are you from?
3: I've always lived in the city. So I've li- I lived in
2: Lagos. I grew up in Lagos,
3: right smack, bam, in the middle of everything. And then I moved to New York. And now I'm in L.A. So when I travel, I like to stay as tropical as possible and as remote as
2: possible. All right. Now you're talking to a travel junkie. I love traveling. And by the way, Nigeria is one of the three places I most want to go in the world right now. I've not been yet. Uh, Nigeria, Croatia, and Russia are next on my list. Uh, But where's the most beautiful place you've ever been? Where where have you enjoyed traveling to?
3: I think Nigeria is really beautiful. I don't think we, we actually... Uh, make use of our resources. We don't use it to to the fullest of its potential, but it's a beautiful country with beautiful people. I grew up right in front of the beach and that's all I knew. Um, So I didn't understand what what a luxury it was. In fact, there was a huge, there was a beach and then right next to us was a lagoon. So it was just like expanse of water. And when it rained, you could kind of see in the horizon, like the dark clouds rumbling in and smell it. It was just beautiful. You could smell that, and you could also smell marijuana.
2: <laughs> oh, is that right? Oh, do, do you do do you guys love weed?
3: In Nigeria, look, I didn't know what it was. I just used to always remember my mom complaining and lamenting about those boys at the beach smoking, and uh, but I, I I didn't understand what she meant until I I moved to New York
2: <laughs> and grew up. <laughs> you, you saw a more familiar, uh, more familiar smell. Um uh, that is that is so beautiful what you describe. So so where would you spend your afternoons after school or your evenings? Would you would were you someone who spent it on the beach or would you in the lagoon or or were you inside close to mom?
3: Well, I, I went to boarding school. So I'm assuming you're you're referring to high school, secondary school age. So I, I spent I spent after schools in siesta and then washing clothes and either getting punished or or scrubbing the floors or something, or cutting grass, <laughs> uh, um, or being bullied—you uh, know, high school stuff—or um, looking for something to eat because we weren't quite getting like you could never quite get enough food in, in boarding school. We got little portions, like a little twist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You know who loves to do that? The French. I don't. Have you spent time in France before? Uh, very little when I was younger. Oh, they love to bring you these little portions. And I always look around and I go, where's the rest of it? <laughs> they, yeah, uh, I
3: mean, look, they you, always, yeah. you can appreciate that as you get older, right?
2: <laughs> yes, you do. You, true. You know, or at least I should. I uh, I don't, but, but I should, which uh, yeah. which already tells me that you're healthier than I am, which is uh, which is good. That means you, you've adopted your surroundings in L.A. I try. I'm trying. Yeah. How do you how do you find it? Do you do you enjoy LA? My sister and brother-in-law used to live there years ago, and I used to visit a lot because of that. But do you enjoy LA?
3: Did you say you're still in Miami? You're currently in Miami right now?
2: No, I'm in the Bay Area. I'm you're in, in the in, Bay um, Area. Okay. I don't know if you know the Bay Area well, but yeah, I'm in the Bay Area.
3: I loved Oakland. I spent a little bit of time there. That was great. I also love Sacramento. I don't know if that's considered the Bay Area. Uh but um, do I, li- I like L.A. a lot. I, um, when I decided to move from New York, because I realized that I was uh, experiencing seasonal depression every year, it got cold. Uh, it took me a while to, to, to figure it out. And I was like, I can't do the cold ever again. And uh, I kind of narrowed it down to, I think, four places. Either I was going to move back to Nigeria, or I was going to move to London, or Atlanta, or L.A., And uh, so those were the four choices. And I went and I traveled and I spent time there. I went to England in February and I couldn't get off the couch. I had like an electric blanket, a blanket and a portable heater in front of me, as well as the heater in the house. And I was like, well, London is definitely not the one. (laughs) And uh, Atlanta, I loved Atlanta, but the industry wasn't what it is now in Mm -hmm. Atlanta. And uh, in Nigeria, you know, I went back home for three months and... I was like, I love my people, but <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I got to take it in doses. Yeah. What do you? What do you? Especially what, as a woman in the industry.
2: What do you think would have happened to you if you would, if you had gone home to to Nigeria? That's interesting. I always love that game of sliding doors. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. What do you? What, what, it was an interesting movie about. In one scenario, she catches the subway, and one scenario, she misses the subway. And in one of the scenarios, she ends up unfortunately coming home and finding her husband cheating and it changes her whole world. In another world, she doesn't. And so I'm always curious, kind of almost that what if question. And so what what do you think would have happened if you had decided of those four doors to walk through the Nigerian door?
3: Well, I guess exploring that, I would have to consider. So I guess there are two two, um, scenarios to consider. If I'd never come to America, if I just stayed in Nigeria, And uh, if I'd moved back after college. So if I'd never come to America. I don't know, man. It doesn't seem. I I don't know. I don't know what would have happened with me. I would have probably been up to no good because I was just searching. I I needed a creative outlet in Nigeria and I didn't have it. And I'm sure that would have led to a lot of frustration and uh, resentment and uh, pent-up anger towards myself and perhaps my family. And uh, so I'm not quite sure how that would have played out. Um, So I'm glad I I left. I probably might have taken a more um, structured profession, Uh, probably gone into law and then segued into politics perhaps or... I don't know. I have no idea. If I, I had stayed in Nigeria after I graduated, if I'd gone back home after I graduated college, um, I would have found a way. You know, look, I'm really tenacious. Uh, I remember even before I left home, I was 16, 15, 16, 17, getting on Okada. No Okadas. I was actually always too scared to get on them. Those little bikes that transport you around in Nigeria or I would get on like fools and, and taxi cabs, just trying to go to this casting call, find this modeling gig, find anything within entertainment, I'd go to the radio station, I'd work for free. I'd tell them I'd do anything. I just need to be around music and around the arts. I need a creative outlet. So I'm sure I've found a way through, um, I, but I, I don't know. How do you predict what could have happened? I don't know.
4: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
0: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade The ones with the little umbrella refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
2: Oh so you, so you had that kind of clarity of, of self that this is what you wanted and needed even as a young woman.
3: Yeah, i say I'm, I guess you could say I'm one of the lucky ones who knew exactly what I was put on this earth to do. Like I knew what my profession was supposed to do, was supposed to be. I've always had a close relationship with my intuition and I've always relied on it. I spent a lot of time by myself. So I guess you could say I had a lot of time to, to get to know me and, um, and feel innately what felt like, just understand what felt right for me and to me. And so that has always guided me throughout my career, uh, throughout my life. And, um, and yeah, so that sense of clarity has always been there. Even when I was made fun of for, for like features, uh, I would go to the mirror and be like, well, what is wrong with them? Why don't they
2: see this? Um, So, so yeah, I think, and I'm thankful for, for that clarity. Where do you think that comes from? Do you think it's nurture? Do you think it's nature? Or where do you, where do you think that kind of clarity or that as you said close relationship with your intuition? Because that that is a beautiful thing and and it would serve so many of us well if if we had that and and you, as you know many of us do not have that.
3: I think we all have it actually. I think um I think we're all born with it. I think we we're programmed to uh to dissociate from it, to distance ourselves from it, and uh, believe what we're fed and what we're what we're told. Um, there are times that those things uh, are to our benefit because it it keeps us safe. But there a lot of times that's detrimental to us and our development and our purpose on this planet. Um, I think one of the things that helped me was that I was the youngest, so my my parents had. Been there and done that with their kids. So they went super hands on. They were also older. My mom was in a tough position having to take care of my father after he, he had gotten ill and uh, also provide for, for the family, technically, be the, the breadwinner for the family. Um, so she spent a lot of time hustling. Which meant I was left to my own devices, and um, I could pretty—I just tell my friends I could have done whatever I wanted. I could have gone clubbing, I could have gone out, I could have done whatever I wanted. But I was just always like in the house. I wanted to hang out with the animals, and I loved daydreaming. Uh, so, being spending all that time raising myself in a sense um, allowed me to to kind of like uh, rely rely on on my intuition and just almost what's the word um constantly being in a a space of meditation because that's what a lot alone time and allows you and uh i guess just allowed me to hone that that skill
2: what a beautiful thing to say that i that, that you love daydreaming um i don't think i've ever heard anyone say that. that's such a beautiful thing and you know what you you were right and i was wrong i do i agree with you i think uh, and the Brazilian author says it too, Paulo Coelho, at the beginning of The Alchemist in the prologue, he does say that we all have this instinctive sense of who we naturally are and should be and end up spending a lifetime being, uh, you call it disassociated.
3: He refers to it as, as a personal legend, right? That's what Paulo Coelho yeah, refers yeah. to it as. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I uh, have you enjoyed his work? Are you a fan of? Uh, oh yeah, his work? I went
3: through. I went through a phase where I was gonna just read his entire catalog, and I think I, I got through quite a few of it. Um, some of my favorites were The Witch of Portobello, The Pilgrimage. I love that one, and uh, I think The Fifth Mountain as well. But The Alchemist is number one for sure.
2: And and do you write? Do you also uh, write at all
3: yourself? I'm a really good writer, actually. I'm, I have a way with words, but I I I don't like writing. I can't get what's in my head out fast enough, and if I find it really frustrating. So there were times in New York. where um, I mean, you spent so much time on the train in New York. When I was in New York, I was I strategically placed myself the furthest away I could from my sister in Long Island, so that I could get out. And, uh, and pursue the arts. And uh, that placed me at the City College of New York in Harlem, and I was commuting from Long Island. So I would take the bus to Jamaica, Queens, and from Queens, I'll take the A or the E all the way to Harlem and then take the bus from 125th to 135th. So I had a lot of time on public trans- transit where I would just write down my thoughts and, and stuff like that. Um, but to actually write, like... A story. I wrote a book, actually, when I was in high school. And, and we didn't have computers then, so I wrote it on like a, a little booklet. And I, I don't know what happened to that story. Um, but um, I think I'm a really good writer, if I may say so myself. But I, I don't like the process of actually sitting down and writing. Yeah. Yet. I probably should. Yet. <laughs> yeah, my agents have been trying to get me to tell my story. Yeah. It's quite a lot to tell.
2: Yeah. And and it may also be the right collaborator may allow that too. Um, Whether that collaborator ends up being a piece of technology that allows you to speak it or whether that collaborator ends up being a person. But I've heard people before who, who for whatever reason, had some of the same hesitation you do. And then they get these editors or they get these friends or they get what I call a hype man. And all of a sudden, um, I was just talking to... uh, to Barry um, Jenkins uh, uh, the other day. And he was talking about a friend who encouraged him to go to Europe and finally write. And in 10 days, he wrote two beautiful things that you know of today. And so maybe we just need your 10 days in a special place.
3: Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm going out to the desert next week and I've made a promise to distance myself from electronics. So maybe I'll get a little bit of writing in. I'm not, in fact, that's not top of my list. So let me not die. Reading is top of my list. I want to go back. I haven't read in a while, but um, I, I think one day I will get to writing because I have, in my short life, still have had quite many experiences. That, um a lot of um, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of traumas, a lot of obstacles I've overcome. So it might be useful to to, to write about it. Uh, as perhaps as a, as a book to be in service.
0: Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
4: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Lucky
2: you are the youngest of how many? 20 i the twentieth. They saved the best for last, huh? <laughs> they sure did. And by me say so myself. <laughs> Whoa, hey, what is that like to being the youngest of twenty? That is, uh, that does feel like an epic achievement.
3: Well, you get to see, you get to learn from a lot of people, and you get to learn from from a lot of folks that have come before you. Um, I think when people hear that I'm, I'm the youngest of 20, they imagine that we're all together on, on the same compound. And I think from some of my older siblings, at a certain point, it was like that. But um, like the age difference between my eldest brother and I is like 40, 50 years. So so I have a lot more, I have like a lot more in common and I'm closer in age to my nieces and my grand nieces, and uh, than I am to my actual siblings. So, uh, if you if you watch Shameless, um, there's this the, the little the youngest son. Um, I forgot I forgot his name. I think it's Ian. I don't remember his name, but um, that's kind of how I was. So I was kind of like this little person with all of these grown-ups, like just in a whirlwind. Like a little tornado, and I'm like, huh? and then I go into my little corner and daydream.
2: <laughs> that that's kind of how That's kind of how it was growing up. Mm. I went to my corner, I daydreamed, and I hung out with my animals. If I had asked your mom at the time, what do you think will happen to this beautiful little one? What What would she have told me?
3: I have no idea. That's actually a great question. I wish I could have asked her. Uh, what would my mama? I don't know. You know. There was, there was one time I, uh, I just started learning to drive, and I was in my sister's house in Long Island, and uh, my brother came to visit, and they made such a big deal because I was trying to reverse the car, and, and they just kind of pretty much just younger sistered me, and, like, they were messing with me, and I was so upset. <laughs> like, only your siblings can get you upset. And I remember just storming into the house and, like, telling my mom, <laughs> They won't let me do this. They won't let me (laughs) drive. And she was like, "Don't worry, don't worry. Your time will come, and you know you'll do you do your thing." So perhaps I have no idea. I can't read a mind, but I I do remember one thing she used to say to me, and it was like, "Just always, just make yourself happy." So I guess, or at least her hope or her prayer for me was that I would be making myself happy. And Flucky, is your mom still with us? No, uh both my mom both my mom and my father passed away many years ago. Actually on the same day, five years apart. Five years
2: apart. Huh. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. It actually about that. brings me some joy. Yeah. Thank you. Wh- wh- and why does it bring you joy? Because
3: it, it makes me feel like my, my father came from my mom. Oh. And they're together. It was squared to be that specific uh day. It was uh was comforting.
2: That's a, uh, that's a very beautiful thought and the thought of a romantic daydreamer. So I, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh <laughs> I know, yeah. I know the woman I speak to, uh, uh, are, are you a daydreamer as well? Do you know, I, you made me think about that. I, I used to get in, in trouble when I was young in school a lot. I got, um, the f- way I phrase it, I was asked to leave several buildings <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, And one of the things that would happen, I think, especially if you're not in school consistently, is you don't focus on the lesson because you miss so many days that you're not always sure what they're talking about. And so you start daydreaming more, at least I did. And um, I used to daydream a lot about sports, about football in particular. And so I used to play this game when I was eight, nine, about trying to trace back. Because all of a sudden, before I knew it, one minute we're talking about chemistry and the next minute... I'm thinking about a quarterback. And one minute we're think, talking about spelling, and the next one I'm talking about a, a running back. And I would try to think, how did I get here? What did you know? The teacher say that triggered it. So yeah, I was a uh, I was a daydreamer for for several years. Is probably the right way for me to say it. I was a daydreamer. Why for were
3: you years. daydreaming about football so
2: much? You love playing. Do you know? I when we were young, you know, you said that you realized how much you loved music and entertainment, and I. For whatever reason, really loved American football, and there was just uh, um, there was just an excitement about it, and I just I just loved it and wanted to play it and wanted to study it, and it was so exciting, and yeah, I just uh, I I really I really enjoyed it. In um, uh, you know, every many people have their own loves, and that that certainly was. Uh, was probably my first love was, uh, was, was, uh, was football. Um, Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And did someone tell me that you played basketball or, or did I hear that correctly? I did.
3: I did. And boy, do I love that game. Uh, so in Nigeria, we, Nigeria is certainly not the land of opportunity. Um, it's a beautiful country. It's, it has so much potential, but, um, I think uh, I, I never had the opportunity to kind of play competitively uh, basketball. I think we had some inter-house sports, like where you run. But sports, like the art, wasn't something that was celebrated or nurtured. So I, um, I developed my love for the game from playing PlayStation uh, with, with my brothers. And, uh, and my brother would always need someone to dunk on. So what he'll do is he, he, he started to teach me how to bounce the ball just well enough so he could grab it from me and, and dunk over me.
1: And then I, I learned
3: the rules from video games. And, uh, and then I, I came to America and, uh, and I was in college and I saw tryouts for the women's basketball team. And I was like, this would be cool. Um, so I go try out. I already knew how to bounce the ball. I was naturally athletic and I was tall. So I am tall. So, and they were also desperate. So they, they took me on the team when I started playing. Uh, and I really really love the game and I think by 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 the second year I was averaging triple doubles double doubles. It was yeah, it was it's the game that I really love.
2: That that means you you brought aboard the spirit of Olajuwon.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You> yeah. Know, <laughs> I went to school with his niece who was whose name was also Folake. Um, oh yeah I don't know how he got into basketball but I always wondered And I remember my mom came to one of my games and she asked me why I don't pursue this professionally and I was like I I don't know I I always had a dream of going to to, to Yale uh, drama school and playing my last two years of NAACP eligibility maybe I can go back and do it
2: you know there's always uh there's always time never say never um um, yeah I'm, um, I'm a
3: firm believer in that
2: Oh yeah! I mean, um, uh, as I, I one of these days, I'll tell you about a very good friend of mine who's eighty-seven, who always gives me good perspective on uh, on, uh, on on time on, on time. He gives me a good perspective yeah. on time, um, Flocky. I know they're gonna come get you in two seconds, but I have to ask you about your TV show. Uh, uh, do yes. you enjoy? Do you enjoy it? I, I I know that I'm sure you feel grateful for the opportunity, but but do you enjoy it? Do you find joy in the show?
3: I do, I find a lot of joy in the show. I think what I'm struggling with is actually being present so that I can continue. Like uh, there are a lot of outside things to deal with as opposed, like the main focus is not just on filming and being with the other actors and being present. And that is something I'm trying to focus on because when I am, it's just so beautiful and I don't want time to pass. And I'm like, why wasn't I more present with everyone? But there's, you know, there's press to do, there's there's lines to learn, there's like fittings, there's just so many outside factors that interrupts the creative process. So I'm trying to just dumb and quiet everything down so that I can just continue to enjoy one-on-one time with my cast and the production. But it's lovely. It's, uh, it's a great set to be on.
2: Everyone's super kind. I mean, Chuck Lorre Universe, you're in a well-oiled machine. Yeah, and do you think of it as a comedy or a love story, or or how do you think of it? Yo, the amount the, the, the amount of crying I'm having to do this season,
3: it's feeling like <laughs> 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 it's feeling like. Look, it's um, it's a nuanced show. It's not just the mm-hmm. sitcom. It's not just the mm-hmm. comedy. We right. have dramatic aspects in there. Mm-hmm. We have dramatic uh, moments in there. We have um, very authentic and, and genuine. The dynamics for each of the characters so i don't know what we'll call it i i don't think sitcom is enough right. it's like a sitcom and a soap opera and a drama and yeah. and a documentary because we're also highlighting and accurately portraying uh, this this aspect of immigrant life nigerian immigrant life
2: yeah um falaki i uh, i'm gonna have to come see you uh one of these days when i come to los angeles i uh I don't meet daydreamers very much, and I certainly don't meet daydreamers who like Paulo Coelho. And so I have to, uh, I have to come see you properly if, uh, if you allow that.
3: Oh yeah, that's great. I'm down for that. We can grab lunch or something.
2: Good, good, good. Brazilian. We'll go for Brazilian, is what we'll go for in honor of Paulo Coelho. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Flaky, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure talking to you as well.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carlos Watson show podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast.
3: important information.